0: Let us pray. O Lord, may our mere human words be inspired by your written word but always point to the living word who is your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, as I reflect on what Mary did in our gospel reading, it made me wonder about myself, maybe you, what are you passionate about? Now, might be football, might be cycling, Formula One, might be art, music, contemporary understanding of passion is often associated with um, quote-unquote a strong and uncontrollable emotion or great enthusiasm and passion can be quite particular having enjoyed living for a time in England I was struck by how many people get passionate about gardening I don't know of many other countries that have so many broadcasts and television shows where excited experts are waxing eloquent about how to get rid of mold on roses. (laughs) But then, of course, I'm house dad in my home, my wife's a, a doctor, and so I do the cooking and cooking, ooh, also a passion. What's the difference between this meal and that? Can debate about which spices. And also, of course, which beverage goes best. Lots of people have different passions. My brother loves animals. And um, he's gone through interesting phases of fish, rabbits, Chickens, snakes. Didn't enjoy visiting that often then, but they were in ventilated Tupperware. It was interesting. But he was passionate, and well, let's not get my father-in-law started about airplanes. But passion isn't, of course, just about hobbies and objects. We hope, too, that passion relates to love, as Shakespeare described Romeo's all-consuming passion for Juliet. But the words that we use for passion are interesting, but challenge us to go back to this moment and to reflect on what Jesus did and his extraordinary passion for us. He said just after he had been shown, revealed at the transfiguration on the hill, you know, he explained, folks, it's wondrous what just happened, but just like had happened before, Elijah has already come, and they didn't recognize him. and have done to him everything they wished in the same way the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands and that word suffer is where we actually get the word passion interestingly enough because in Greek it's the verb is PASCO to endure to undergo to suffer for something and of course we identify this with not just what Christ did, but before that, he too identified it was the, the lamb that was sacrificed, the paschal lamb. It's all interrelated. So, passion was never in that understanding purely about joy and privilege and pleasure, it was about commitment, it was about getting through something, for someone. That's why we call this last two weeks before Easter Passion Tide, because it's helping us remember just how passionately devoted Jesus was for us and what he would do and undergo to save us. His passion, of course, made people like Paul and the gospel writers also respond with great passion, but also they faced suffering as well. But it was worth it, as we hear in Paul's letter to him. It changed his whole way of seeing. Maybe many of you have already seen we It's been out for a while. um, Mel Gibson's The Passion of Christ. And in modern cinematic techniques and imagery, he brings across how awful it was and how personal it was. It's a hard film to watch. But we once showed it to our teenage youth group, And I'll never forget what one of the people responded, said, yeah, to think Jesus went through that for me. And I hope that we, even though it's painful, don't forget this. And even if that film has become very central and popular, art historians will say, actually, The image of the passion is probably one of the most familiar ones in art on this continent. People have been trying, as they did with words in the gospel, people have been trying to bring home how awesome and agonizing this was for Christ for 2,000 years how passionate he was to suffer for us. And sadly, his victory, as he was raised from the dead, has not ended the war of cruelty, as we know and are more conscious now in the eastern part of this continent. And of course, it's not the only place People are suffering greatly in Yemen, Afghanistan, Ethiopia, and so many other places and have for so long. Sadly, what Jesus did did not stop the human capacity for torture, murder, and execution. When will it stop? I see hope, of course, in the Lord's promise that it will come to an end when he comes. But as Karl Barth, the great Swiss theologian said, well, even if he won the victory, it's like just after the ceasefire, the fighting sometimes continues. But the end of this will come because of what Christ did for us. And so scripture helps us refocus and revive our passion. In the gospel passage we had, It's a curious moment when Mary, and it seems always to be Mary, doesn't it? I mean, Mary is showing us so much, so many Marys. I mean, one Mary decided to accept God's will and give birth to a child, which didn't cause no complications for family life because you can imagine how the family and all the rest are wondering, how did this happen? So, Mary, the mother of Christ, shows us the way and the willingness to endure. But also, Mary Magdalene, who had a bad reputation, but Jesus delivered from her demons, changed her life, and she encountered the risen Christ and sprinted to share the news. So many amazing Marys and an amazing Mary today who happens to be Lazarus's sister, who Jesus had raised from the dead. And she suffered during that time too because she wondered, Lord, if you'd only been here earlier, my brother would not have died. But Jesus knew what he was to do to bring life to Lazarus. And he did, and as a result, Mary sees more and comes and shows us something by what she does in her passionate love for Jesus today in the gospel. They knew, they knew that the Jewish authorities and Jesus' enemies were getting angry and that raising Lazarus was actually pretty much the last straw. So-called Doubting Thomas knew as well ahead of time that going this direction literally was going to bring Jesus into danger and Thomas said I'll follow you even so people were willing to suffer for Jesus and he suffered for them but for God's loving purpose ultimately Mary and her sister Martha make offerings to Jesus in our reading We hear that dinner was being shared. Oh, and it's so nice that we're gonna have lunch. Dinner was being shared and Martha served. And that was something Martha, well, that was something she was good at and enjoyed doing. And she kind of got frustrated with her sister. Why are you hanging around at his feet? Why don't you help? But Jesus wants to acknowledge service as important. He says, I'm among you as one who serves, but you know, True, James will later say, faith without works is dead, but, you know, work without faith is also dead. It's a good way to have a burnout. So Mary, who liked to sit and listen to what Jesus taught her, takes center stage and comes in and pours this ridiculously expensive perfume not on his head, but on his feet, and then wipes them with her hair. It's overwhelming. If you think about this, where it came from and how much it costs, it's no simple donation. We don't know exactly. We can't compare the economic rates, but, you know, that stuff might have been worth around 50,000 euros. And she's pouring it on his feet. It was that expensive because some of the perfume in it came from the Himalayas in that day. It wasn't easy transport. And, of course, around her people are critical. Judas, what a waste, he says. What a waste, this kind of offering, pouring it on Jesus' feet. And of course, he gives all these rational explanations. Of course, well, wouldn't it be better to help the poor with this? Maybe it could be used for house repairs or clothes for the kids. That's on his lips, but we know, sadly, what's going on in his heart. And Jesus values Mary's offering, even though it is absurd. Not because he isn't concerned for the poor, but because Mary sees what's happening and who he is. And she's passionate in an extravagant way, because she knows he has called people to bless the poor in body, mind, and spirit, too. He wants to lift them all up, but this moment is important. It's ridiculously extravagant. And even if she poured out thousands and thousands of euros equivalent, we know that we can never pay back proportionately what God has done for us. She's just doing a small part here. Christ's passion for us gives us new life. And God does not, thankfully, expect us to pay back. But to live new lives, as Mary does. Now, living a new life well, lots of people have different views about that. And we hear from Paul, whose whole view of life is changed by his encounter with Christ, that he used to have different priorities and different understandings of what was good. He had a pretty good CV, brought up well, you know, had been doing the right thing. And uh, then as he was going off to crush those heretical people, Christ met him on the road, the risen Christ, and deeply humbled him. And that changed Paul completely. Thankfully. Because Paul too shows us the extraordinary value of Christ and how all the stuff that we might acquire is not really pertinent or relevant. It's nice, those may be blessings, but the ultimate blessing is that God loves us and saves us. And so if you don't mind, I'm going to borrow Eugene Peterson, his translation, the message, which brings this really kind of home in streetwise language. He said, this is the version of his, Paul's letter to the Philippians 3, you know my pedigree, legitimate birth, circumcised at the right time, fiery defender of my religion. Ah, the very credentials these people are waving around is something special, but I'm tearing up and throwing out all of that with the trash. Why? Because of Christ. All the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life, compared to the privilege of knowing Christ, my master, firsthand. Everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant, dog-dung, and he's dumped it all in the trash and all that matters is righteousness in Christ through faith I gave up all that inferior stuff so that I could know Christ personally experience his resurrection power be a partner in his suffering and go all the way with him to death itself there's any way to get In on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it, and that was given to him. Mary, sister of Lazarus, is seeing this. Thomas and others. There's no substitute for knowing Christ. There's no substitute for his passion for us, which was so passionate and compassionate that he offered himself for all of us. Social status, nationality, education, wealth, all these things are important, but not as important as that one thing. We pray and give thanks. We can never repay this, but we can offer praise and thanksgiving and commit our lives to living the life that Christ wants for us to live. And today, we are gratefully welcoming Ojoni into this with us. And we know as a church that this is a common journey. None of us is complete. Paul might have thought he was at one point, but we realize that we're not. And we need each other to see Christ and the way forward. So we are praying for and caring for Arjoni and his parents and his grandma, and all who care for him so that he too, like us, we hope, will be passionate for Christ. We can't pay God back, but we can pay forward. Serving God, sharing his love, being passionate about giving to others in need, and raising them up in the life of Christ. So let's be filled with Christ's passion, not just in these two weeks, but for eternity. Amen.